Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced Podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Welcome back, everyone, to the Being Balanced Podcast. I'm your host, C.G. Townsend, and wow, here we are, season three. I mean, I just cannot even believe it. Um, If you've been around for a while, you know that season three actually kind of launched last year in 2021, right before I found out I was expecting. And then I hit a hard pause button and said, forget it. I want to (laughs) focus on my pregnancy and we'll just bring it back in 2022. So here we are. Welcome back. Uh, For those of you that are new here, I'm so glad that you found us wherever you found us and that you're here for the ride. So you all, you are in for a treat today. I just cannot express how excited I am to talk to the author of Pause, Rest, Be. And y'all, I just... I can't, I I won't steal her thunder because I know that she has so many things that she can share with you all. Octavia, please tell us all about who you are, how you landed here, what gets you up in the morning, whatever you want to share. (laughs) Hi, CG. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to share who I am and all those things you asked me to. And first, I want to honor and acknowledge the wisdom you had to press pause and tend to what was gestating within you and yourself, because having a child isn't just having a child, you are birthing a new woman, which is you. And so I want to honor your wisdom to honor what I have written about, which is pausing. Um, So thank you. As soon as you said, I paused, I pressed pause. I was like, yes, good for you. That probably was scary too, right? Because the thing about pressing pause is we're like, who will be there when I come back? Like, how will I be? And what I believe about the pause is it is, um, it can be a place of uncertainty. It's also a place of profound possibility. So my name is Octavia Rahim. I'm the author of Pause, Rest, Be, Stillness Practices for Courage in Times of Change. And that book is gonna be published or has been published by Shambhala um, and Penguin Random House. And I'm also the author of Gather, which is a collection of shorts and prose and um, journal exercises that are all rooted in, again, rest, courage, and ancestors, actually. And I'm a mother, I'm a life partner, I'm a yoga teacher, a restorative yoga and yoga nidra and meditation teacher. So I teach the practices that really support us um, in being still. And I also have the ability, capacity, and training, right, to teach vinyasa and flow and all of those movement-based classes. But over the course of the 20 years of my studentship and teaching, I've just navigated toward more stillness because it's had the most profound impact on my life. And um, and there's just most of us, we are like movement um, full and stillness deprived, right? Mm. And what gets me up in the morning is um, my family, my creativity, 
Um, and I feel really very honored that the work I get to do is support people in resting and restoring and taking refuge. I'm also the founder of Starshine and Clay Online Yoga uh, Studio, which is a online platform really devoted to the rest and restoration for Black women, Indigenous women, and women of color. And my signature offer, the thing that I really love to share with folks is a program called Devoted to Rest which is for self-identified Black, Indigenous women of color who identify also as high achieving and spirit-led women who have checked all the boxes, done all the things, literally moved mountains and are like, wait a minute, I'm very tired, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And there must be another way to, to work and to be and to exist and to experience myself and my community in the world. Um, and so that's, that's kind of some of what I do in the world. The sacred thread or the common thread between all of those things is that it's rooted in rest. And when I talk about rest, I'm not talking about just laying down. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I, what I really, the reason why my book is called Pause, Rest, Be is because the pause is a prerequisite to rest. And if we don't actually have a relationship with, the natural pause that exists between the breath, between our words. Um, Even when you stop listening to this episode and it goes off, there's a natural pause right there. And it is in that pause that we can decide to let ourselves linger for 30 seconds more, for a breath more, long enough to sip a cup of tea or water, or do we rush off to the next thing? So I'm really an advocate for people to first begin you know, if you're like, I have a distorted relationship with rest, meaning non-existent, right? <laughs> or I need more of it. I always ask people, well, what's your relationship to rest? You know how Facebook has, used to have those statuses, like mm-hmm. single, married, complicated, whatever. You yeah. know, I'm always like, well, what's your status? What would be your relationship status with rest? And a lot of people would be like, it's not even complicated. There is no relationship, right? <laughs> like, exactly. I, like I run, run, run all day. And then I collapse into bed. I fall asleep and sleep and rest are actually a little different, right? <laughs> and if we don't have restful moments in the day, our sleep is likely agitated, not deep, not full. But that's just to say, I'm like, well, you don't just go from speeding along at a thousand to now I'm going to be still in rest. We actually have to forge a relationship with slowing down and the pause first. And then we can move into some of these practices I teach about that are um, more extended practices of rest. Yeah. Have you always been this way? I think that there's probably so many people that, um, but how did, how did you get there if you haven't always been there? I definitely haven't always been here. And I, it's not a static place, right? Like I don't act like it's a static place. It is, um, there's a lot of ebb and flow to it. Sometimes my rest looks like a 30 minute practice, you know, or like a long, slow walk. Sometimes it looks like, you know, when I was a new mother, I would hold my son, I'd be nursing him, I'd play some audio meditation recording. He'd be making all this sound sometimes like hitting me in the face. And that was my practice. It was still a respite from I'm folding clothes, I'm doing this, I'm having another meeting, you know. And so I give myself permission for my rest to 
yield and bend and take shape around the actual life I live. Mm. But going back, maybe it was probably 13, 14, maybe 12 years ago, <clears throat> I was a public school teacher, um, a really dedicated one, the kind that like went in, you know, super early and left late. And I was also starting my kind of side business of being an independent yoga teacher. So usually when I left my day job, I would run across town. I live in I lived in Atlanta at the time and I would drive across town through rush hour to go teach two or three yoga classes. Then I'd stay at the studio and have to get in my own practice because I believed in practicing what I taught and also because I had a kind of distorted relationship with working out and exercise. That's a whole nother story, right? <laughs> but what I didn't say about that day is that they usually started with me going to work out at around 4.30 to 5.30 a.m. So if you're trying to calculate the hours, yes, I just said my day would be from 5, 5 a.m. to about midnight, and I was in that cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was living in that cycle, which is completely unsustainable, completely unhealthy, um, you know, standing up, eating uh, lunch, standing up. I also, as a teacher, I'd be like, oh, at lunchtime, you need additional help. Okay, I won't eat. Come to my classroom. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, I was very self-sacrificing in an unhealthy way, right? Because <clears throat> really, if you're constantly giving from an empty bowl, the bowl is not only going to just be empty, it is going to crack. And right. so that's, that's what happened. I ended up hospitalized with this condition called rhabdomyolysis. You can look that up. I'm not going to go into all of what it is, but the essentials of it is over usage of a muscle, which also, you know, the synthesis of things that have to be at play for that condition to happen is physical fatigue, some level of dehydration, and just doing the mostness, right? Yeah. And so I ended up with this condition that was on one level physical, but that physical condition clearly was a symptom to the condition in my mind, which was I can't rest. I had a total fear about um, not doing, not performing, you know, people I worked for and with, you know, I took so much pride in them being like, you're my go-to girl. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was told that, and even when I think about it now, as I say it, like my stomach kind of drops because I remember like my ascent to go-to girl was also um, parallel to my kind of inner decline, you know, like I just was not okay. You know, like I'm outwardly, it looks one way, even if I showed you a picture, you know, how people like to do the before and after. Yeah. Like, look at me. I have so many, I was like in this really specific kind of shape. I looked a certain way, but what was holding all of that together was this tiny little thread that just kind of snapped. And so my worth was so tied to what I could do um, and what I could produce and all of that, that I just kept doing and going until I couldn't anymore. And so it was really in this moment where I had, I ended up hospitalized with this condition that I had to, uh, I would call it a come to Jesus moment, <laughs> a come, a come to what actually are you doing moment. And I also happened to have a nurse slash angel who came in and asked me like, what are you doing? How'd you get in here? You seem so healthy, but you're clearly not. And she gave me this scripture, which was Psalms 4610. And that scripture is be still and know. Mm. And um, 
And that, so that was my turning point. So the question you asked was, did I get this way? I'm like, no, I came to rest kicking and screaming, like everybody listening. (laughs) And I don't think that's everyone who teaches about rest. I don't think that's everyone, but um, I think part of um, how I deeply connect, especially to the women I work with and serve through this work is that I'm not talking about it as one who just got it. And it was, mm-hmm. it's easy for me. I'm talking about it like from deep experience of bone exhaustion, chronic fatigue and burnout. <laughs> and it's like, I'd like to say from that hospitalization, I just got out of the hospital and I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And the thing is you actually have to build the capacity to uh, rest and tolerate stillness at least in my personal experience, as you do to like, if you were lifting weights, you got to build the capacity from five pounds to 10 pounds, you know, and it was a slow road away from the mentality and the belief systems that got me um, into that place of burnout. It was a really slow and almost methodical, you know, I didn't start with a, now I'm going to go do a 90 minute restorative class and not do any of that other stuff, (laughs) you know, like it was like, okay, I'm sitting still and I'm just letting myself feel what it feels like to do nothing, which is actually scary. I think it Mm -hmm. takes courage to pause. It takes courage to say no. It takes courage to not do all the things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that I do want to, if someone's listening and they're like, I really want to rest. I'm so tired. I want to honor that. That's real. And ultimately, I hope through like sharing my story and sharing the rest-based experiences that I do, other people, I'm like, you don't got to get to that. Like I'm completely burned out. I'm fatigued. Something bad has to happen for me to realize that the way I'm living isn't sustainable. And I also honor that it's not an individual condition, like the, the whole kind of, there's a whole system, there's a whole system we have systemic conditioning around your worth is in what you can produce. Yeah. The real yeah. question to ask is who am I when I'm not doing? Like, who are you? And are you okay with that answer? Um, yeah. So we're, can I say that Ooh. also rest? Rest has been revelatory to me. And what I mean by that is the more I practice doing nothing, I'll let that be one way I define rest and doing nothing can just be, I keep kind of looking out the window if you could see me because I have trees there. <laughs> and sometimes I just go sit on the step. And I mean, it's not like I'm doing, I'm not daydreaming for hours. And so what if I were, but it's just like, start with a minute of unscheduled time. Mm-hmm. One minute. Then start with, let that minute progress into two minutes, you know, let that progress into five minutes. And for me, just experiencing myself when I'm not mothering, I'm not writing, I'm not facilitating, I'm not, you know, partnering, I'm not carpooling, I'm not whatever it is. I go, well, what am I? Who am I? And it's actually through these kind of pauses that I started to build into my life that I reconnected to my love of writing, that I gained the kind of fortitude and vision to create my own business. I'm not a public school teacher anymore, though I deeply bow to all teachers, especially now, you know, but it's like stillness is a great clarifier. Rest clarifies. And I think part of the churning of busyness, we stay unclear. You know, you go, God, I kind of really don't like doing this, but I don't know what else I can do. I'm like, we'll start pausing a little bit 
be still and know, right? To come back to that, the answers you seek will come from that stillness because they're not outside, they're inside, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we stay so externally driven, we literally cannot act access some of the wisdom that is on the inside, which is like the wisdom that told you, we just got to pause because we, we are having a whole baby. (laughs) I'm about to have a whole person. I have to press pause. I'll come back. And I know I'll come back with more clarity, maybe more vision or something will be there waiting for me that if I would have just kept pushing through, it might, it might not have been there. So you asked one question. <laughs> and you so eloquently gave such a beautiful response all the way from your journey to where yeah. you are now um, and, and just so many beautiful nuggets. So my prayer is that our listeners were capturing it. And if they weren't, that they have time to come back to this episode and, yeah. and listen again and really journal and take some notes. Yeah. You know, you said a lot of things that just resonated with me right now, especially in my current season. Um, mm. and one thing that I just want to call out and, and really ask you, to, to expand a little bit further, you talked about building capacity. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I liken that to the way that I look at like waking up and working out and getting stronger mm-hmm. in my workout, uh, similar to how you said, you know, mm-hmm. moving on to new weights um, yeah. in, in, in levels. Um, but how are you protecting that? You know, when you're in that season of building capacity, how are you protecting that pause when folks are throwing things left and right? Um, loved ones, you know, would love your time um, and your energy. Tell us more about the protection of it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that question. Because it is not, you know, the culture we live in is work, 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 work. So there are, systems to protect oh you gonna work (laughs) you know and so the thing is it so we can talk about this kind of external techniques and some of the greatest hurdles are within our mind what do you think you cannot do what do you think you must do and what I'll say is say like I do afternoon carpool for my son and I can put a lot of pressure on myself like I have to do it and da, 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 and make it mean something if I can't do it so though so my husband if I go today I'm in launch week I need this to happen he will literally go I got you I'll help you right so the hurdle in my mind is I can't ask for support I'm burdening someone else you know if I untangle that and literally go ask for the help now I have help you know mm-hmm. and so even with the pause it's like first like what what's your internal relationship with that pause because even if I go set a timer when that timer goes off pause most people are going to be setting that timer 24 times in one day <laughs> because right. they're going to be like no I really can't do that right so first we start we start there and then there's a point when you literally just have to you do have to just start the practice right and a simple practice of pausing is I wake up in the morning and instead of my feet hitting the ground and I run or instead of picking up my phone and looking at it oh because I used to be the queen of that and because I love the work I do I get super excited and be like I'm in my inbox before I'm out of bed right right you know and, and now I wake up and I go I literally think the word, I go, pause. And I'm giving like the simplest, a simple way to start. Wake up and remember that the pause is an option. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> you know, and then when, when you start to be like, no, really, I need to take a 10 minute break every day. I'm the kind of person like I, I love a good calendar. <laughs> I do. I really love a good electronic calendar. And when I was a school teacher, I loved a big handwritten calendar. And it is so important for me. And I mentor, I mentor um, creative folks and entrepreneurs sometimes, right? And a thing that I've been working with a group of people on is when you schedule something where you're giving to someone else, schedule something for yourself where you give back to yourself, you know? And like, I'm like, I know that's not, that's, that's scary, right? That feels scary. And I'm like, but I'm literally talking about after that meeting, put in your calendar that you are going to sit and drink your water, (laughs) put that 10 minutes on your calendar and then move on in your day. And so for me, there's this, we have to shift the mindset. We will fill up our calendar with stuff for everybody else and for everything else. And literally then try to like squeeze ourselves Mm. into it. And I'm just like, well, what if you said, like, I really am going to give myself this five or 10 minutes. Like I really would start with three, five or 10 minutes, something that doesn't immediately overwhelm your mind. Right. Cause we are saying part of, I'm not saying it's only mental, right. Cause there are external factors why you might be like, girl, if I stop, bad things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But then we have to go, well, if you stop for three minutes, is something bad going to happen? Yeah. You know, um, the other thing I've done for myself and with other people is something I call a time audit. And I got this from one of my business coaches where she had me, I think it might have been three to seven days, just like not beyond your calendar because your calendar tells one story around your time. No, really, every five minute increment or 10 minute increment, write down how you're actually using it. Girl, I went back and looked. I was like, oh, I'm spending a lot of time on these internet streets. Yes. So if I, am, <laughs> if I am saying, and like that's actually more energy out or like we're still taking in a lot of stimuli. So even though we might go, well, that's kind of like downtime for me, it's still actually causing us to have to process information, comparison mm-hmm. traps start happening. It's not actually restful, right? Restful things are things that start to lessen the external stimulus we're taking in, right? Mm-hmm. And so just these little things, like really examine how you're using your time when you say you don't have time to pause or to rest, but you got time. I feel like I sound like my grandma, but you got time <laughs> to be on these internets for 90 minutes a day. Cause I, you know, I think they might still have it. I don't know. Cause I, I tend to my Instagram, like, I don't, I'm not on it all day. I'm like, I'll do this morning check, this midday check, evening check, respond, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but I think there used to be a feature where you can look and be like, well, I spent two hours and 57 minutes. Yes. And so for me, it's just like, reclaim that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so pay attention to how you're using time. Take your time back from the places that suck energy out of you that you can, right? And then also um, auditing that time and then like literally wake up and pause there. Because I, I, I it seems so hard, but I think that most of us wake up and literally hit the ground running. Um, but starting with that pause, it weaves it through your day, your mind in a different way than just... I'm going to hit the ground running. So, I, I mean, I hope, I hope that somehow 
helpful. <laughs> I mean, helpful for me. So touch one, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, if our listeners are listening hard enough, I would hope it would be helpful for them as well. You know, I've completed a similar exercise. It was called a time budget. Um, yeah. Just at looking at, you know, we make these financial budgets. That's where right. we think about the amount of money we have and what's coming in versus what's going out. That's right. And, you know, looking at time in a similar way, mm. you know, very transparently, I think where I struggled with most in knowing that I had that tool mm. and knowing that it can be extremely beneficial and impactful to my life, depending on what season I'm in. And I can always go back and just reevaluate how I'm spending my time. I struggled mm. with doing it when I would have major life seasons. That's that right. changed and shifted. Mm. And so I would just need this reminder to kind of go back to those tools um, and go back to doing those things. Um, you so- know, that's really beautiful because part of why I do my Devoted to Rest group with a group of high achieving women is because community actually matters. Doing these things in silos along, A, they is ch- more challenging and B, we're communal beings. And when you said I need a reminder, I literally saw in my head, I was like, oh, you need to like tell someone to be like, girl, call me and tell, ask me, did I pause today? Yes. You know, like it's like we have to actually enroll other people in this. And there's numerous studies on the exercise side or on the like food relationship side that tell us that when we tell other people or we enroll other people in our vision for ourselves, we're more likely to do it. And they also are willing Mm. to join, join in. And and it's why I teach and share these things individually and also collect collectively and I wanted to honor that you said when people are in a season of transition because I think collectively the last two years has been like oh the rugs pulled out from under me and now there now there's another oh the floors now the whole bottom's falling out there's so much transition right Mm -hmm. and I always say you know the best time to start a rest practice is whatever time you're in it is Mm -hmm. nice if you started it before the, the, the floor starts to shift, right? Or the ground starts mm-hmm. to shift because you ritual is something we can fall back on all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's when we're going through transition, that's really the time we need it the most. We know this intellectually, right? <laughs> we yes. know this in our minds. And this is where I have a little... I'll call it a mantra when it has been hard for me to get myself to my cushion to meditate or to pause and do a restorative pose or to just have moments of doing nothing. I will have my, one of my mantras is I'm worthy of this rest. And I'll say it into myself until I'm sitting down, like resting until I'm sitting down doing nothing. Right. You know, and, and it's because the thing is, it's like, I know in my mind was good to do. And if it was just knowing in my mind that was going to make me do it, we all would do it, you know? Right. Um, And I do think having other people who remind us, please pause. Mm-hmm. right this community you're building might be that right community isn't always people you're physically in touch with um this podcast come back to it and let it remind you yes <laughs> you can you can pause because I I know I know and the, the collective change you know like I, I mm-hmm. I've been going through my own personal 
changes and transitions mm-hmm. and life life seasons have clearly <laughs> been mm. uh, different lately for me, but also there's been a lot of collective change. So I would like to think that that element of community care mm-hmm. um, is needed across more platforms than we've ever had it before. You know, mm-hmm. just the reminder always through and through the accountability partners, mm-hmm. um, the folks in your life that can, to, that can help you along your journey. I, I would think that mm. it's, it's really, really needed now. You know, one other thing that I've heard a ton in this particular life season has been to give myself grace, Um, whether it was how I showed up at work, how I showed up with life with a newborn um, or how I showed up, you know, with my friendships, how I've showed up just a lot of different ways. And um, one of my favorite things that I read in Pause, Rest, Be, you know, stillness practices for courage in times of change. And y'all check out the show notes because I will include a link there to this book because you have got to get your hands on it sooner rather than later. But on page 62, Mm -hmm. you end with call in grace. Mm -hmm. And because that word grace has just been on my mind nonstop, uh, sometimes even used out of context, if we're honest, you know, what does it mean exactly to call it in? How do I call in grace? Like, teach, <laughs> teach us your ways. <laughs> um, you pause and you rest. And so I, I won't try to give some textbook definition of what grace is. Um, I think about the song, Amazing Grace. Um, I think about, you know, um, my five-year-old. I, there's so much grace for him, meaning like, I let his yesterdays be in yesterday and that I don't fret about his tomorrows in the way that I might my own, you know, like if he does something, he probably going to do something today. I'm not waking up tomorrow being like, and you did this to me. There's a way that what he does just kind of like falls off me, you know, and I'm like, and I'm curious about it. So it lets me know that I I do have the capacity to like, let things kind of flow through. Um, But another way I've experienced grace as a teacher and practitioner of rest is this, I can be really pushy and I have been very pushy and use my might and my fuel and my will to the point that I have forgotten there's there's a divine will and perhaps there is I'm gonna this because this is who I am so I'm gonna say this unseen benevolent force God however you want to might be wanting to help you (laughs) you over here pushing and moving the mountain but it ain't even yours to move or to climb you know like you know and so for me a the pause is a space of grace literally you want to experience direct grace just be still you know just be still just let yourself be still and the question I've stayed curious about since that you know that moment in the hospital bed was what moves what can move on my behalf when I stop being the busybody (laughs) when I stop moving and I'm not saying do nothing like, I think it's really, you know, imp- important to be active participants in our lives and our visions and our manifesting of our dreams. But I am saying that, like, you don't have to do it all. <laughs> Who would you be if you believe that there's support and there's help, right? And so the other thing, so I'm talking about God, benevolent spirit, also graces, like when I go 
to my partner, can you pick our son up today? I'm really struggling here today. I'm having a hard time getting everything that, that needs to happen. I'm starting to feel very overwhelmed. Can you please help me? That is a direct request of grace. And then I also allow him to be the benevolent force, so to speak, that extends grace to me, right? So I think also calling in grace is another way to say call in support. And I think it takes some softening, right? Because if we're like super women, it's so hard to say like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. You know, um, I was, ha- I did a one-to-one this, this morning and I was working with this or resting with this woman rather. And, and we were talking about what resources she had to call and support. <laughs> and we did talk about, she was like, I do feel like as a black woman, sometimes I'm waving my hand, I'm waving my hand out in the middle of the ocean and people think I'm just waving at them. And I'm like, no, no, I'm drowning. I need the help, you know? And so I'm like, I acknowledge that's real, right? And so, and what we, what I've been working with a lot of women around arresting with them around this, like, tenderness toward self and what that feels like, what it conjures up, even the word tenderness. I did not like that word for a long time. I was like, what's tender, what's gentle? Like, you know, <laughs> but who is gentle and tender to us in the world, right? So then we can be so hard with ourselves in the world because we've internalized that. And so it, I'm saying that to say, it takes some softening to go. Could you help me please? That's calling in grace. Um, So being still Mm -hmm. is a way to directly experience grace. Because sometimes moving around, it's like, I'm doing it. I'm pushing. I'm moving. I make it happen. Maybe something wants to make it happen for you (laughs) or with you or being more like co-creation with you. Right. You know, and then also, I, you know, it is people's, our hands and our feet, you know, really, are, are extensions of the divine. And so allowing people to support us is allowing them to extend grace and us to experience grace. Um, three words that changed my life was just, I need some help. Yeah. It changed my life. That might be more than three words. I need some help. Okay, four. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard, that's hard too, especially in a moment where you're like, well, everyone's collectively burdened. And I'm like, yes, and being there with and for each other is actually how we release some of that. I got to do it all myself. I know it feels counterintuitive. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I hope that's helpful in some way. Um, Again, helpful for me. So... I'm here here for you, CG. I mean, if the goal was to touch one person, check that box because we have done that. Uh, Of course, we'd love to touch 100, but one. Yes, (laughs) yeah. Yes, extremely helpful. You know, um, I referenced the book and of course there's Gather as well. So we're all reading your books. Let's be very clear. (laughs) Uh, But what are you reading right now? Oh, I am reading. So I I wouldn't be the teacher of rest that I am without my teachers, you know, and my teachers are Tracy Stanley, who wrote the book Radiant Rest. It's beautiful and it is full of practices to rest. And she even has on the um, Shambhala SoundCloud website, like eight 
eight complimentary rest practices that will get your whole life together, right? Like they're, they're beautifully recorded. And so like, I'm reading her book. I'm reading another one of my teachers and she's my mentor and yoga mama, Dr. Gail Parker. Her book is restorative yoga to heal or for ethnic and race-based stress and trauma. And restorative yoga is really the yoga of rest. And in her book, She is an expert guide, a psychologist with decades of experience, a yoga therapist with decades of experience. And she's taken this, she's written this book kind of rooted in all of those decades of practice. Um, And the book supports us in kind of unraveling how ethnic and race-based stress and trauma show up in the way we work and not rest and how rest can help us to really navigate those stresses and traumas and be resilient in the face of them. And then the last book I'm reading is Finding Refuge by a dear friend and colleague, Michelle Cassandra Johnson. And it is about tending to our personal and collective grief. And I don't know, I'm like, all three of those books are so timely right now. And I'm always reading like snippets of things, clearly, you know, (laughs) and I'm I'm looking forward because I have those three books like stacked up on my, you know, by my my practice area because I will like lay down rest then I write and then I'll just open the book and read a page or two because I'm also the queen right now of taking in information in smaller doses because I I think there's just kind of personal and collective overwhelm so maybe that helps someone like you don't got I wrote my book to be consumed or experienced rather in pages or two, (laughs) then put it down. The way I even listen to podcasts these days is most most people interview, they have a question. There's some commentary, a little pause. I'll pause there and then come back to it later, right? You know, the next day. So I'm listening to one podcast if it's an hour over four to five days so that I can really experience it and take it in. And in that way, let the information um, kind of move through my system versus just sit up in my head and do do nothing with it. So that's what I'm reading. That's how I'm reading. And it's also how I'm listening to things these days. You didn't ask all of that, but. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, and I'll share very transparently with listeners. Um, I sent over a list of questions and had this perfect plan, but you guys, we started talking in like a pre-show chat And I knew very quickly that this conversation, wherever it went, was where it was designed to go. Mm -hmm. And so here we are. And I love that anything that I've asked you, you know, you've provided such a thorough and intentional response. Um, What a gift. What a gift you've given us all um, with your time, your energy, your intentionality, everything. Um, so thank you so very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I know that I could sit here and talk to you probably for a day um, and very selfishly benefit <laughs> from everything <laughs> you have to say. Um, however, time does not allow for that because we both probably need to rest at some point. So (laughs) we will not talk all day. Um, But I would love for you to share with listeners, you know, how can they engage with you and keep the conversation going? Are there places where they can find you on these internet streets? Uh, How how do we keep this going? Yeah. So first rest. (laughs) 
pause, right? Like I'm like, we'll connect there. (laughs) You'll think about me when you pause. You'll think about CG when you pause. We'll be in a community of pausing. We're accountability partners Mm -hmm. now. And, you know, I'm on Instagram at Octavia Raheem. That's my website. And the the book is really a place to, um, to meet each other. You know, and right now I have one set of book clubs going and I'll probably have another one start up and I might have some courses around the book because it feels really important to I'm not just kind of talk about the pause and rest, but to be in community doing it, you know, or yes. undoing it. Um, yeah. So that's how we can be connected here is through the pause. Yes. <laughs> yes. What a beautiful place to be connected. I mean, I've connected with people in all types of settings and Mm. never in rest. Mm. Never, never. Mm. So that, um, that excites me. I'm sitting on the Mm. edge of my seat, literally thinking about this, this new group I've joined Mm. um, Mm -hmm. in the process of this conversation. Oh Um, yeah. Rest club. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And look, I love a good organization. I like structure. So if we are in a club, (laughs) I am committed. (laughs) And and interestingly enough, I've always viewed myself as a person who does know how to rest and who who does actively rest. But I think that I am exploring a new relationship with rest. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of it has been prompted by change. Uh, change in my life and really starting to think long and hard about who I am and how Mm -hmm. I want to show up and what is required in order to be that person. Um, And resting is, Mm -hmm. is a requirement. It's a non-negotiable, but my goodness, first I need to pause. It is is going to be very challenging to squeeze in the rest. I need Mm -hmm. to pause Mm -hmm. and then the rest will come. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I thank you a million times over for this conversation, for your vulnerability, Mm -hmm. for just opening the door to Mm -hmm. our new rest club. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Applications are going out, folks. Pay attention uh, because we we need everybody to join in in the club. Uh, First up, you buy the book and then... And then you can be in the club. But no, seriously, I, I, I think it I think it's so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate your being in the world and your showing up. You know, there's a synergy to having a conversation, right? And um, I told you this before we pressed record. I'm like, we're kindred spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so gosh. thank you. I've enjoyed this conversation. I hope it um, serves the listeners and serves you and your path and everything you're up to. I hope it serves you well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So folks, thank you for tuning in. Uh, what a beautiful conversation. I don't know about you, but I'm saving this one in my, putting it in my back pocket (laughs) because, uh, this, I, I know for sure that I'll need a reminder along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. So I hope that you can do the same. Yes. So tune in next week. Um, We're actually continuing this conversation around rest. I am super dialed in and uh, (laughs) there's so many folks that are just on their journey. So I'm I'm super excited for next week to continue another conversation about rest with Melissa Brogdon. And thank you for tuning in.